Chugga 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 chug chugga chugga chug chug chugga chugga chug chug chugga chugga chug 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 chugga chugga While the voters and candidates anxiously anticipate Election Day, the Tracks on the Trail team secretly longs for the day where we can listen to music that has absolutely nothing to do with campaigns. But since that day has not yet arrived, Sarah Kitts, Kenan McLean, and Sam Campbell join me in the WRGC studio for the last time as we recall our favorite musical moments of 2016. This is The Empire Strikes Tracks. So here we are at our final Tracks on the Trail newsreel for the campaign of 2016, and what an astounding campaign season it has been. No matter who you're voting for, I think we can all agree that the music of this election cycle has been a truly fascinating, uplifting, inspiring, and sometimes cringeworthy experience. Before this campaign season comes to a close, the Tracks team has compiled a top 10 list of musical moments on the 2016 trail. At number 10, we have the gone but not forgotten Chris Christie. After his own presidential ambitions took a nosedive, the New Jersey governor pledged his support to Trump at a February 26th rally in Fort Worth, Texas. Unfortunately, his alliance with the Donald will likely be overshadowed by his new life as a viral Vine star. Christie's priceless facial expression as he stood behind Trump at this event has been the subject of many a six-second video, with users choosing the perfect underscore to accompany his extreme close-up. In one vine, Christie's facial contortions are made even more bizarre as the frolic theme from Curb Your Enthusiasm plays in the background. Crashing the Tony Awards at number nine is the comic masterpiece Hamiltrump, created and performed by Rad Motel Sketch Comedy. How does a bastard, racist, son of a millionaire and a mogul dropped in the middle of a race of the Republicans in tatters, a party nearly shattered, somehow become the only one that mattered? The front Hamiltrump parodies Lin-Manuel Miranda's musical hit by telling the story of a not-so-much underdog who came into the 2016 presidential race only to emerge frontrunner. Indeed, Alexander Hamilton is a complex and contradictory character in American history, and Trump will likely be viewed in the same manner. Perhaps in 200 years, Trump will get a musical of his very own. Don't laugh, we have seen several attempts this season, so it may not be that far off after all. It ain't over until the third wife sings. And yes, her name is Melania, according to the Boston Globe. Maddie Kovler's The Drumpf and the Rheingold, a parody of Richard Wagner's Ring Cycle, will be presented at the Boston New Music Festival on November 2nd. If artists want to lend their music to politicians, that's fine. But it is not okay for politicians to just take their songs. This happens every single election. And it is time for musicians to come together and take a stand. Don't Use Our Song is perhaps the most memorable rallying cry heard round the music world this election cycle. It's that time of year, campaign season's here. 
Your waving point make your speeches while balloons fall everywhere. In July, talk show host John Oliver and a cast of determined musicians, including Usher, Cindy Lauper, Cheryl Crow, Josh Groban, John Mellencamp, Imagine Dragons, Hart, and Michael Bolton, came together to issue this passionate plea in song to all presidential hopefuls. Number 8's cheese-tastic patriotic backgrounds and concluding fireworks show certainly put a positive spin on an issue that has provoked the ire of many artists, including Neil Young, Brian May, R.E.M., and Adele. Hillary Clinton's Women's History Month playlist comes in at number 7. The candidate packed her girl power set with songs by artists such as Beyonce, Shania Twain, and Christina Aguilera, and tweeted that the playlist would be on repeat throughout the month. I'm sure that move had her staff wanting to break glass windows as a warm-up to breaking glass ceilings. And who can forget everyone's favorite democratic socialist and our number six musical moment, Bernie Bay. This song by Leah Kaufman had us all burning up with affection for the Democratic runner-up. The septuagenarian candidate may be hot, but Bernie Bay unfortunately did not receive nearly as many hits as Kaufman's 2008 gem, I Got a Crush on Obama. Remember Jeb Bush? We sure do. And he's made our number five slot with the crowdsourced Google Doc musical, Jeb, an American Disappointment. 89 people contributed to a set of reworked Hamilton lyrics describing Bush's unfortunate campaign and its demise. Fortunately, though, the campaign's memory will live on in all of our hearts in song. Back again in number four is the senator from Vermont, Bernie Sanders, with his epic dance moves. I know when on Ellen, some creative editing placed Sanders' head onto a dancer's body in Drake's Hotline Bling music video. Too bad that ever since he left the city, you gave up on the political revolution. When the bass drops, who hits the floor at number three? We are the ones that will be why Marco Rubio, of course. The Republican candidate spoke in an interview about his love for EDM, which is unfortunately not even the most surprising thing we have heard this election cycle. While Rubio made very clear that he has never been to a rave, though I hope to see him at one soon, he likes EDM for its clean lyrics. Clearly, he has not heard the explicit new hit single, Wub Wub Scree Wham. One of the most frequently recurring themes in this election has been Katy Perry's strong and unwavering endorsement of Hillary Clinton, exploding like a firework into our number two slot. This is no mistake, no accident. She has performed on many occasions for the candidate, making Roar and Rise popular campaign anthems for HRC. Not only does this play well into Hillary's strong feminist beliefs, it also proves that she is indeed hip with what the kiddos are listening to these days. And finally, at number one, the moment you've been waiting all election season for. Cowardice! Are you serious? 
well, maybe not you, but definitely us here, our number one musical moment of the 2016 presidential campaign is the USA Freedom Kids. Freedom's on our shoulders, USA! Yes, this small but strong trio of young women performed in support of Donald Trump at a January 2016 rally, singing about his strength and know-how in a very patriotic, if a little creepy, style. And although things aren't so hot between the Freedom Girls and Trump right now, we can all be confident that their performance, which Stephen Colbert likened to a bald eagle marching on a Casio keyboard, will be ingrained in our hearts and minds and in the pocketbooks of every therapist in the country for years to come. Freedom and liberty everywhere Oh say can you see it's not so easy But we have to stand up tall and answer freedom's call This is Sam Campbell signing off for Tracks on the Trail. USA, USA, USA We're the land of the free and the home of the brave USA, USA The stars and stripes are flying Let's celebrate our freedom Inspire proudly freedom to the world Ameritude American pride Tracks on the trail Brother, can you spare a dime? One of my favorite moments of the 2016 presidential campaign has to be Martin O'Malley on a New York City street corner singing This Land is Your Land for Pocket Change. O'Malley made a name for himself in this year's election soundscape by bringing his own personal musicianship into his candidacy on numerous occasions. With a history of playing in an Irish folk outfit and a sort of rugged Maryland charm, if there is such a thing, he quickly found his niche among competitors. In this particular example, we see the former presidential hopeful jamming street style in a video titled How to Make an Honest Buck on Wall Street. The video chronicles his time playing on the street, showing passersby both enjoying and ignoring his music in true NYC fashion. In an election that has often found itself in heated discourse over the conflict between corporatism and the federal state, this light-hearted approach to the issue is much appreciated. This land is my land, from California to the New York Island. And for the O'Malley campaign, the Guitar Act encompassed his general approach to the presidential race, that Martin O'Malley was an honest, hard-working innovator driven by a desire to do right by the American electorate. The candidate frequently gave these kinds of performances, very often using this Woody Guthrie classic. And in this particular setting, he does not merely offer a song to the audience, he initiates a sort of dialogue. By playing on the streets of New York City for the change of pedestrians, O'Malley flips the script of the presidential candidacy. Instead of making promises and presenting himself as a leader, O'Malley highlights his dependency on the people for his success. Unfortunately for the candidate, however, these efforts only raised just over a dollar, proving that either Wall Street isn't the best place for honest money-making, or that a random old guy with a guitar doesn't distract people away from getting to their three o'clock meeting. Perhaps our guitar-strapped Maryland music man would have lasted longer in the race with a good old-fashioned multi-million dollar campaign fundraiser, but the world will never know. I did give him a tip, it was gummy bears, it was all I had at this point, and uh, you know, rock on, baby.
Paul Simon kicks it old school at the Democratic National Convention. Hillary Clinton's choice of music garnered much criticism this election season. But in at least one instance, the Clinton campaign made the right musical move. The DNC featured Paul Simon, whose song, America, as sung by Simon and Garfunkel, was prominently used in a Bernie Sanders ad during the Iowa caucuses. After a short introduction where Sarah Silverman, a Go Bernie gal, and Al Franken, a Clinton supporter, emphasized the importance of coming together, Simon sang Bridge Over Troubled Water on the convention floor. When you're weary You're feeling small Voters who came of age in the same decade as Clinton might remember this song from George McGovern's 1972 campaign. Finally, Clinton is focusing on the music of her generation rather than the music of the generation she wished to court. The Paul Simon performance was an effective music strategy as it shows Clinton assimilating the Sanders campaign soundtrack into her own. So just as she modified her rhetoric to bring former Sanders supporters into her fold, she also established a musical link between her campaign and his. A new version of the America ad with Clinton and Sanders coming together at the end was also screened at the convention. Despite the fact that Simon's performance was shaky from a musical standpoint, politically, it was the right choice. I will lay me down like a bridge over troubled water. I will lay me down. We shall overdub. As I went walking. Bernie Sanders' 1987 album, We Shall Overcome, resurfaced at the beginning of 2016 and experienced a surge in sales due to his run for the Democratic Party nomination. The album was originally released when Sanders was mayor of Burlington, Vermont. In it, he performs the spoken word over songs of unity such as This Land is Your Land and We Shall Overcome. From the sparkling sands of your diamond desert. Sanders himself said that the album is the worst album ever recorded. Talk of the recording quickly made its way around the internet, with most people agreeing that, though it is horribly sung, it made Sanders appear even more likable. The Tonight Show host, Jimmy Fallon, quickly capitalized on the opportunity to add some comedy to this election featuring Sanders' album in his Do Not Play segment. As the fog was lifting, this land was made for you and me. Cartoon Ted Cruz Sings a Country Song In an interview with CBS This Morning on March 24th, the day after announcing his presidential candidacy, Ted Cruz made the following remarks. Music is interesting. I grew up listening to classic rock, and I'll tell you sort of an odd story. My, my music taste changed on 9-11. Mm. And, and it's a very strange, I, I actually intellectually find this very curious, but on 9-11, I didn't like how rock music responded. And country music collectively, the way they responded, yeah. it resonated with me. And I have to say, it just is a gut level. I had an emotional reaction that says, these are my people. And so ever since 2001, I listen to country music, but I'm an odd country music fan because I didn't listen to it prior to 2000. The staff at Tracks were not the only ones bemused by Cruz's expedient genre shifting. 
the comedy group See You Next Tuesday was equally intrigued. In 1999, rock and roll was so fine. Well, it set my big heart aflame. In their music video titled Country Songs, a parody of Garth Brooks' Friends in Low Places, a cartoonish Ted Cruz, with singing lips spliced in, sings of his disdain for rock music and his love for country music and all things American, such as Bacon, The Bible, and Machine Guns. The video's cowboy boot-wearing Cruz positions rock and roll as shallow, psychotic, and un-American, whereas country music is authentic and patriotic. In short, the video takes a jab at Cruz's contrived efforts to appeal to his party's base supporters through demonstrating his affinity for their music. Garth Brooks's song adds yet another dimension. The tune is about trying to fit in, coming to the realization that you don't, and embracing it. For a self-proclaimed outsider such as Cruz, the song serves as an apt metaphor for his relationship with the Republican establishment. Oh, country song! Our patriotic country songs are patriotic. Trumpets trump drum. On March 4, 2016, one group of second liners attempted to disrupt a New Orleans Trump rally with boisterous brass playing. Bring your horns, drums, cowbells, dance moves, and cameras, and let's make some noise. NOLA and second line Trump right out here, they said. Oh, sorry, I said it wrong. Let me try again. Bring your horns, drums, cowbells, dance moves, and cameras, and let's make some noise, NOLA. Okay, wait. Sorry, I see how it is. Noise. Okay. Bring your horns, drums, cowbells, dance moves, and cameras, and let's make some noise, NOLA, and second line Trump right out of here, they said. The group also wanted to give potential participants a space for practice, so they provided a link to trumpdonald.org. The website features an image of Trump and a trumpet that can be manipulated with a mouse. With each click, the air of the trumpet and a burst of confetti disrupts the Republican candidate's signature coiffure. Indeed, the group's DIY aesthetic and emphasis on participation spill over into the virtual realm. Let's Trump Trump for a moment. And that is the end of the demonstration. The I've Gone On Too Long song. This is for Hillary. Rachel Platten's fight song has created quite a buzz in this election. Here at Tracks on the Trail, we've documented Hillary Clinton's use of the song over 80 times. The song itself has received mostly negative criticism, much of it coming from overuse throughout Clinton's campaign. Other complaints span from its self-congratulatory nature to its general cheesiness, to reinforcing the criticism Clinton often faces for appearing disingenuous. However, many Clinton supporters find the song to be a perfect fit for the Democratic nominee's relentless career in politics and an anthem for girl power. In honor of the Democratic National Convention, Elizabeth Banks and Bruce Cohen co-produced a music video in which 34 musicians and actors of various ages and backgrounds sang Platten's song. 
Banks and Cohen were initially inspired by the success of the Pitch Perfect movies, which center around an acapella pop group. The lyrics were slightly altered to project a sense of diverse community, with changes like "This is our fight song" rather than the original "This is my fight song." The diversity also plays out in the singing styles and reinvention of the melody. Well, it's been two years and I miss my home, but there's a fire burning in my bones. Still believe. Yes. There are moments that are distinctly music theater, R&B, and hip hop. There is also a casualness to the video, which perhaps strives to achieve a level of musical authenticity that Clinton's soundtrack has thus far lacked. And ultimately, Clinton's efforts were written off as contrived authenticity. Make America Great Again with Quaaludes and Polio. This is a movement. We're going to make our country great again. Believe me, we will make our country great again. In June 2016, Up and Down Theater posted a memorable video salute to the good old days Donald Trump longs for in his speeches. As they stand in front of an antique microphone. The duo sings about America's former glory, praising innocent pleasures: root beer floats, soda shops, sock hops, freshly mowed grass, and pink bikinis. Soaking up the sun in a pink bikini, chasing a quaalude with a gin martini. As their voices maintain dulcet tones and their faces perma smiles, the duo juxtaposes these nostalgic images with some of the less savory aspects of our national history: quaalude addiction, Jim Crow. Segregation, polio, and smallpox. The women singers bring this side of history to life as they weave in and out of scenes with other characters: the slap-happy husband, the handsy boss, and the child laborer. While a muted pastel cyclorama and '50s housewife attire evoke an idealized Leave It to Beaver-esque suburban aesthetic, the lyrics lay bare the misplaced notion that America's past was in some way better than its present. As the women whistle through the outro, the listener is left to ponder just how great they want to make America again. Blacks, Jews, and Mexicans knew their place back when girls were girls and men were men. Oh, let's make America great again. Let's bring Chelsea's mom has got it going on. Chelsea's mom has got it going on. Chelsea's mom has got it going. Bernie Sanders is the candidate who has inspired the most popular love songs this campaign season, but some videos have offered a love fest for Hillary Clinton as well. Chelsea's mom, set to the tune of Fountains of Wayne's "Stacy's Mom," positions Clinton as a sexually and politically desirable object, ultimately dethroning the notion that she is just too old. We see the loyal voter slash fan Dave Days follow Clinton on the trail. We see a heavy reliance on standard music video tropes with regards to gender representation and visual aesthetics. While conventional in this regard, the video decenters the idea that young, perfect bodies are the most desirable. The song's narrative takes its cue from the original video, which starred model Rachel Hunter, but offers a twist in the end. The lovesick boy runs to the podium and passionately embraces his mom crush, 
a far cry from the original video, where the boy skulks off into the bathroom. You can't always play what you want. If there is one overall theme that has found itself repeated ad nauseum in the mouths of tracks on the trail, it would be the never-ending battle of Donald Trump versus insert artist here. Over and over, and over, and over, and over, we see the same tale. Trump uses a song on the trail, and the musician fires back, some more politely than others. And Trump, in turn, does exactly what you would expect. He continues to play the song anyway. So one has to ask, why? Throughout election history, we have seen candidates using music that attempts to highlight the identity a candidate wants people to see, whether that be through the lyrics or sounds of the music itself. And we have seen candidates fall flat when a piece of music doesn't fit their message exactly how they hoped it would. But with Trump, we see the unrelenting use of music that, through the artist's objection, absolutely does not align with the Trump message, and with no significant backlash. It is the opinion of this track's researcher that there is in fact a method behind the madness. Trump's continued use of music against the will of artists is incredibly indicative of the campaign he is running. Trump has created in himself a persona of antagonism against the establishment, against Hillary Clinton, against really anything that comes in conflict with his vision for returning America to its past greatness. And so Trump choosing to use music against the will of artists sends a clear message that Trump's adversaries really have no chance of overtaking him, just as these musicians cannot legally stop Trump from using their music. It is a true example of Trump's business savvy, having made a marketable idea not out of musical content, but how he chooses to present it. Ah, how lucky we are to live in a time where we can assess a presidential candidate's skill by how much they tick off our favorite bands and songwriters. Tracks on the Trail podcast is a collaboration between the Georgia College Department of Music and WRGC 88.3 FM. Tracks on the Trail was created by Dana Gorzolini Mostak and co-edited by James DeVille. Sarah Kitts, Kenan McLean, Sarah Farmer, and Andrew Spruill provide research assistance. Victoriana Lord provides support for the TracksOnTheTrail.com website. Track social media is coordinated by Sam Campbell. The Tracks on the Trail theme was composed and performed by Kenan McLean, with additional vocals from Ryan Sokolowski. Morgan Mendez mixed and edited the theme. Today's program was edited by Daniel McDonald. You can visit us anytime at tracksonthetrail.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter or Pinterest, and listen out for more on soundcloud.com backslash WRGC.